was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has had compassion on thee. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee. The Message Bible from Mark 5, 18 and 19 reads, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the demon-delivered man begged to go along. And when he wouldn't let him, Jesus said, Go home to your own people. Tell them your story, what the master did, and how he has had mercy on you. And the man went back and began to preach in the ten towns, ten towns area about what Jesus had done for him. And he was the talk of the town. Psalm 27 and 13 said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Because assistant pastor hacked into my computer, I just need you to look at somebody and say with them, thank God I survived. Thank God I survived 2017. Thank God. Matter of fact, matter of fact, why don't you just clap for the person beside you and tell them, I'm glad you survived. I don't know what you survived. I don't know what you had to go through. I don't know how it affected you. But God in heaven knows that I am so glad you all survived. I, I, I'm glad I'm not here veering you today. I, I see you, and I'm so glad that you survived. The word survived means I'm alive. I'm so glad that I made the wake-up list. Do I have anyone here this morning that's glad that you made? That's a good place for a breakout praise. Just, just to know that I made, and not only did I make it, but I am cognizant, aware of the fact that I made it. No one had to tell me that I made it. I made the wake-up list. As we come to the end of this year, as we come to the end of this year, we all have a story. We all have a story. If we shame the devil and tell the truth, we have experienced some jaw-breaking, breath-taking moments in 2017. Things that hit at the very core of our being, tried the essence of our faith. We lost some things. We lost some people. And some of the things you've lost in just this last year, with some of the things that you've lost in just this last year, other people that are going through the same thing has lost their mind, but you're still here. 
to with some of the things you've gone through. They tried to take their own life, but you're here this morning with less than what you used to have, but you still have a praise. <laughs> Am I talking to some real people that said it really doesn't matter? I, I, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I lost some things, but thank God I am a survivor. I want to make sure now I'm talking to a group uh, of survivors. I am a survivor. Lamentations 3, 20 and 23 from the easy to read Bible said, I remember well all my troubles, and I am very sad, but then I think about this and I have hope. I think about this and then I have hope. We are still alive. We're still, this is what I think about is that we are still alive because the Lord's faithfulness never ends. His faithful love never ends. Every morning he shows it in a new way. Great is thy faithfulness unto me, O oh God, and we are still alive. But do I have any lively stones in the building? This morning we are still alive somewhere in the trajectory of 2017. Uh, we embraced uh, 2 Timothy 2 and 3 that say endure hardness. Endure hardness uh, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, constant strengthening and empowering in the grace. Somebody say grace. In the grace. Grace in that particular text means the divine assistance. Constantly strengthened by the divine assistance that is found in Jesus Christ. And because of that we are more determined to fulfill our kingdom assignment in Jesus Christ like never before. Therefore I charge you to take on the commission that was given in this text. It said, tell them your story. Tell them your story. I've got a story to tell. Tell them your story. The story is not to gain sympathy, but the story is a testament of the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your story is indicative of the fact that if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I would have lost it. But I'm so glad that God, do I have anybody here that can think of one thing God kept you from. So if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, just nudge somebody and say, I am a survivor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. God is faithful. Your story, my brothers and sisters, is really his story. It is the essence of Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah, you know it from the King James. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans of good and not of evil to give you hope and a predetermined end a future but from the message bible it say I know what I'm doing <laughs> you, you, you thought that thing slipped up on you but, but God said I know what I'm doing I have it all planned out I didn't wake up yesterday and you were out in the middle of the ocean but I had it all planned out oh and things are going according to the plans to take care of you. My plan is to take care of you and not to abandon you. My plan 
is to give you future and a hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus. All other grounds. You know it, and I see you in the future. <laughs> I see you in the future. His plan is victory. I'm still here. So go tell of his goodness. Psalm 145 and 9 says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his worth. Nahum 1 and 7 say, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. Whatever my lot, I've been taught to say, this is my story, and it is well. This is my song. So if you will, real briefly, let's look at the book of Mark. The gospel of Mark is a historical narrative that sets forth a representative picture of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. The book itself reminds me of my own personal 2017 journey because in the book of Mark, the book of Mark is filled with action, drama, internal and external storms, loss, but intermittently between the drama, the action, and the loss of St. Mark, uh, there are inserted miracle stories. And the miracle stories of St. Mark almost always connect with some definite human need. Can I just take a sidebar right here and tell somebody that your miracle is in this place this morning. There's a miracle in this house with your name on it since we're in the book of Mark. So let's look at the text. And when you look at the text of St. Mark, the fifth chapter, as I was studying, the question appeared in my mind as I read the particular parable. The question arose, is this a dead end or is this a turning point? That should be your question for 2017. With all that I am going through, I had to go through, is it a dead end or is it a turning point? Did this year's encounters drive you to a dead end or did it produce a turning point? When you look at the text, the text is the making of a dead end. When you look at it from a natural point, uh, look at the conditions of the text. Uh, it begins with an overwhelming presence of pain and isolation. Pain and isolation. It displays a desperate state of mind. It possesses an unclean spirit that is controlling his mannerism. Not only is it controlling his mannerism, but it is causing him to act out of control. He's in bondage. He's in chains. He's going through self-abusive behaviors. He is the talk of the town, but before you become judgmental, 
tiptoe toward this man. Uh, let's mirror the 2017 behaviors with his behaviors. Uh, the 2017 behavior sometimes produces hopelessness, uh, sadness, loneliness. Uh, we're not living in the grave, uh, but things causes us to live in despair. Some of the lives are filled with sin, controlled by the principalities of this culture. Look like it's a dead end. There's opposition that precedes opportunities. A dead end or a turning point. But let's, let's fast forward because my time is running out. But let's fast forward to verse 6 to see what is happening. Opposition before opportunity. In verse 6, there's a conversation. Uh, depravity converses with grace. A man that doesn't qualify runs and bows as a form of worship in his condition. Now look at that. It messes with our religion. He didn't clean up before he went to Jesus. He went just as he was. Every now and then, you ought to be able to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise just as I am because he's a good, good daddy. He's a good, good father. And the father does not require the child to dress up when he's coming home. You can go home when you can't go anywhere else. While you're trying to figure it out, you can go to Jesus just as I am with that one's plea. Oh, Lamb of God. I come. So he ran to Jesus dirty and hungry. Grace was there. I know, I know, I know. If he had been a 21st century person and come in that condition, someone would have said, shame on you. Shame on you for coming to church like that. Shame on you for coming in my presence like that. But if this really is the hospital, if this really is the place to be healed, delivered, and set free, uh, if this really is the place for the paramedics to pull up, it doesn't matter if the paramedic is a female or a male. I, I just want some, somebody to be able. If this really is the place, uh, then we need to put out the sign that say, come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, if this really is. Uh, so where they were saying, shame on you, grace. Somebody scream grace. Grace takes shame off of you. <laughs> There's nothing like grace taking shame off of you. You see, your trials called into exercises the grace of the Spirit. It is through your trials that you find a place of sufficiency and learn to trust in God. I promise you. When you're going through, you find his grace that develops in you and gives you a place of sufficiency. That's why 2 Corinthians 3 and 5, Paul 
Paul says. Uh, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, uh, but our sufficiency is uh, from God. Uh, all that I am is because of God. Second uh, Corinthians 12 and 10 says, therefore I take pleasure, I take pleasure in infirmities, uh, in reproaches, uh, in needs, uh, in persecution, in distress uh, for Christ's sake. Uh, for when I am weak, <laughs> when I am weak, look at the paradox there. When I am weak, uh, then am I strong uh, because my strength uh, is in Christ Jesus. Uh, my strength uh, is in the fact that he brought me, he taught me, and he's keeping me. My strength is in the fact that he did not design for this thing to kill me. So I don't have to die on the spot because my strength is in the fact that I'm going to bounce back. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but by his strength I shall survive. I shall survive, I shall survive. So in his condition, in his condition, in his condition, that, that should bless someone this morning. In his condition, in his condition, broken, battered, bruised, rich, in his condition, self-sufficient, having all, but in his condition, he worshiped God. In his condition, uh, he had worship while he wept. <laughs> he worshiped while he wept. <laughs> Not worship and weep. Worship or weep, but worship and weep. <laughs> Woo! He didn't have to choose one or the other. Sometimes in life you don't get to choose. Religion makes you think you get to choose. But that relationship doesn't allow you to always choose. Sometimes you have to have them both. Woo! Arm and joy. You can't have one without the other. Sometimes they come in together. You don't get to choose. Is there anyone here that's, exper that's experienced worship in the hard times? <laughs> difficult. Ooh, during the difficult times. <laughs> this is one of the most difficult tasks in the faith life. It's easy to worship God when the sun is shining. It's easy to worship God when you're in your right mind. It's easy to worship God when you're making accurate, precise decisions that are yielding an abundant harvest. It's easy to worship God when the bills are paid. It's easy to worship God when things are going well. It's easy to worship God when you have a good doctor's report. It's easy to worship God when all around you is supporting you. It's easy to worship God. It's easy to worship God. But what about, what about the hard times? What about the hard times to worship while I weep? What about the worship? I experienced that, the worship while I weep in 2017. In, in the month of October, when my brother transitioned to be with the Lord, we weren't cognizant of the fact that it was his time, but they called us in. I'm talking about worship while you weep. 
They called us in and, and they began to talk and my family, Superintendent Timothy, all of them were there and, and they, were, they were crying and they were going in and the, for some reason the nurse looked at me and said, he, he's, he's searching for a place and he's transitioning. She said, so they said, the nurse said, they said that you know how to handle it. So while the tears were coming down, I began to say, you are my strength. Strength like no other. Oh, is it anybody in here that's ever had to worship while you weep? Oh, I come to tell you, weeping may endure for a night, but good morning, West Angeles. Joy cometh in the morning. Ah, during the time he worshiped, as, as he began to worship, and, and, and I'm, I'm not going to finish this, but as he began to worship, as he began to worship, Jesus exercised his power and brought about transformation. I release in this house the great transformer. The great transformer. With him, transformation is possible. Oh, he said, behold, I'll do a new thing. Do thou not know it? So the answer to the question, is this a dead end or a turning point? I come to tell you, it's a turning point. It's a turning point. Genesis 50 and 20 say, what the devil meant for evil? Can I get about 500 people to scream boomerang? God did a boomerang. It's a turning point. It's a turning point. It's a turning point. It turned my face toward God. It turned my heart to God. Uh, it's a turning point. Uh, so the testimony has been, it should be, thank God, uh, I am a survivor. And because somebody wants to know, how did you survive 2017? And I just got three points, uh, and I finished. Uh, how did I survive 2017? Well, the first thing I had to to do, I had to sustain my fire. Uh, I had to keep the fire burning on the inside of me. Uh, do I have any real people? Uh, woo, I had to encourage myself. Is there anyone in here that's ever had to encourage yourself? You had to stir up the gift that is on the inside of you. You had to talk to your own self. You had, you had to pat your own self on the back. You, you had to get in the mirror and tell you, it's going to be all right someday, somehow. Yeah, had to sustain my fire. Ah, Ephesians 5 and 19 may, may help you in sustaining your fire. How do you sustain your fire? Well, you're speaking to yourselves in songs, <laughs> in hymns, and spiritual songs. <laughs> you're speaking to yourself, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid when the wicked, my enemies, and my foe came to eat up my best? Oh, they stumble and they fail. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord to inquire in his temple. For in the time of 
Look at somebody and say, in the time of trouble. Psalms and hymns. Got me all the great Jehovah. <laughs> Almighty fortress is a Speak to yourself in songs and hymns, and we're finishing in a spiritual song now. Now, Dr. J, my big mama told me this, and she's in heaven, so I hold her words to be true. But big mama say, spiritual songs are songs that are birthed in your spirit for a certain situation. For a certain situation. Have you ever been going through something, and all of a sudden, a song came in your spirit? And really, when it's over, you can't even recall the lyrics of the song because the song was designed to walk you through. I release in this house. Spiritual songs. So how do I keep the fire burning? Sometime in keeping the fire burning, I had to stick to my routine. I had to stick to the routine because the routine will keep you until passion kicks in. You just keep doing it over and over and after a while. See, I have a, I have a passion for Starbucks. I, I, I'm not addicted. I'm not hooked. I just have a passion. I'm driven by my passion. To, to Starbucks. Uh, so I have to make sure I stick to my routine every day <laughs> that I go by there because now I have a passion. I don't know what it is God has put in your spirit for you to do, but don't you stop doing it. Uh, you just keep on doing it over and over and over and over until it becomes a part of your routine. Let me hurry up to the second thing, second thing, second thing, and I'm going to finish. Second thing, it, 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 if you're going to make sure that you're going to survive and you're at the turning point, you have to hit the alert button. Another day I was watching TV, and on the TV there was a commercial that came on. There was this lady that was in the bathtub, and she had fallen in the tub. But she had this string around her neck. And at the most vulnerable time in her life, where she was exposed and down, she hit the alert button. Then they had another man who was at a recreational site. He was playing golf, and he fell down, which says that even during my downtime, he fell down. He didn't know the lady. The lady probably didn't know him. They were in two different locations, which says it doesn't matter. You may be high or you may be low. But every now and then, you have to hit the alert button. <laughs> you have to hit the alert button. And the thing about the alert button, the moment they hit the button, there came a voice out of nowhere. <laughs> there came a voice out of nowhere that said, stay with me until somebody comes. Stay with your help, anybody in here in 2017? You needed to hit. You need to hit the alert button. If you hit the alert button, there comes a voice from Psalm 20, Psalm 
26 and 1 that say, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. The easy to read Bible says he's always ready. He is on time in trouble. I come to assure somebody, someone that you don't have to go through this thing by yourself. For yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil because I will hit the alert button. Ah, I don't know how long you've been in that thing, but God said your time has expired. And if you hit the alert button, then you can get someone 21. You can get it. I lift my eyes unto the hills. For with what cometh my help? For all of my help cometh from the Lord. Look at the person on the side of you and say, neighbor, hit the alert button. And God told me to tell you that while you're calling me, I've already answered. And whatever you need, it's right there for you. You've been through the storm. You've been through the rain. But thank God you made it. And the last thing, after you hit the alarm button, if you're going to remain a survivor, you got to give God a right now praise. I'm not talking about when he does it. I'm not talking about this time tomorrow. But do I have anybody here that say, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same.
So we're going to get ready to let you go. <laughs> Just high five somebody and say, I survived. Don't tell them what it is because you'll get to shouting. <laughs> Find somebody else and say, I survived it. <laughs> I survived it. I survived it. I survived it. 